Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Welcome in, Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us today. Lots to get to as normal, and let's look at the show lineup for this Tuesday program, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, a lot of notes and news to get to, some headlines, both IU and local stuff that we will cover in segment number one. Also, later in the program, we've got two really good IU-focused guests in our Tuesday program each week. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier with us in segment number two. We'll talk about Jordan Geronimo. A lot of talk after Kenya Hunter appeared on a podcast recently uh, talking about Geronimo maybe transitioning more to the three, which I think we all assumed on the roster for next season. We'll talk about that. There's some recruiting stuff to get to later in the show. Mike Pegram of Peaks.com joins. We'll get into more recruiting and what's ahead. A busy time coming up this summer, starting with the Nike EYBL making a stop here next weekend. Not this weekend, but a week from uh, this Saturday and Sunday over in Louisville. And then, of course, it gets busy in June with high school stuff. A couple live periods in June for the coaches to get out. And then the, the normal things in July that we've all come to follow as recruiting really takes the precedent, it seems. I think even fans follow it closer in the offseason. And, again, there's a lot to follow. Indiana, a lot of offers. Indiana recruiting players from in the state, out of the state, across the country. And, uh, again, a lot to keep up with here in the offseason with recruiting. And we'll check in with Mike Pegram on that and more today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is always open on the program. Your questions, your comments, your suggested topics, uh, whatever you want to send in, send me a text, 502-414-1450. Again, 502 414 1450. That is the Thornton's text line, and you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Let's get into our news and notes and headlines of the day for Tuesday, May 17th, and we start with Kenya Hunter. A lot of talk about recruiting this time of year, a very busy summer of recruiting, as I just mentioned, coming up for Kenya and the IU coaching staff. Uh, he was recognized as uh, one of the most impactful uh, high major college assistant coaches by a group called Silver Waves Media. Hunter was one of eight Big Ten assistants to make the list. Also on that list were assistants from Rutgers, Illinois, Wisconsin, Maryland, Iowa, and Purdue as well. But no surprise that Kenya getting some national recognition as a recruiter and in his role as now the associate head coach along with Yusir Roseman 
uh, to Mike Woodson at Indiana. I think he uh, recognized at this level is inching himself closer to probably uh, at some point, I would think, after next season or the following year, especially depending on the success of Indiana of setting himself up to take over his own college basketball program, probably getting started somewhere in the mid-major area. Uh, and of course, with aspirations, I'm sure to move up. But Kenya Hunter, uh, recognized as a very influential assistant coach. And if you listen to this show, if you follow IU basketball and you keep up with the recruiting side of it, I don't think there's uh, any way you don't already know the role that Kenya Hunter has played, even under Archie Miller when he arrived, and then a great holdover for Mike Woodson. And we think of Kenya Hunter from a recruiting perspective first because as fans, that's where his name most comes up. You hear that he's in contact with this player or a certain prospect from somewhere else in the country likes Kenya Hunter, knows Kenya Hunter. But what we don't know or don't always hear about is his contributions to the team and the work he does with the roster. And obviously hearing him talk on the Hoosier Hysterics podcast, I think it was last week when he talked a lot about Jordan Geronimo and other players and maybe that there's going to be more offensive uh, opportunity this summer with no Bahamas trip. Clearly he's got a big role, as you would expect, an assistant coach, an associate head coach uh, person in that role to have. So a very valuable member. I know we've said that a lot, but my goodness, Kenya Hunter, a very, very valuable member when it comes to recruiting and so much more uh, for Indiana. And he recognized by the Silver Waves media group uh, for his, uh, his accomplishments and uh, really building a big name and a resume uh, along the way as an assistant coach. Also, uh, we're going to talk with Mike Schumann a little bit later in the program, and we're going to get into a number of things with him, including some recruiting as well. But he wrote about a player, and I, I, I wanted to mention him. I, I want to see him play. His name is Cannon Catchings. He's in the 2024 class, so he'll be a junior next season. He's a six foot seven small forward at Brownsburg High School and uh, a very intriguing player. He's long, he's wiry. Uh, everybody that I've talked to that's seen him play thinks that he's really going to develop into something special. Indiana has been tracking him as a sophomore. Brownsburg, always a good program. He averaged 11.5 points and three rebounds a game uh, for the Bulldogs of Brownsburg. And he comes from a great bloodline as well. His aunt is Tamika Catchings, who, of course, is a WNBA great. I think we all uh, that are basketball people know who she is for sure. But I didn't realize until reading Mike Schumann's story earlier today, his mother played uh, college basketball at Illinois, and his grandfather, Harvey Catchings, who I don't recall, this must have been years ago, uh, he was an NBA player. So uh, Eric Balsey with 247 Sports, guys that I know and respect, they really think this guy is going to develop into a player. So add Cannon Catchings. I know a lot of you are most interested in recruits when they're from the state of Indiana because it ties in with high school basketball locally, but add Cannon Catchings as a name to watch in the state of Indiana next season up in Brownsburg. Also, I love tracking NIL opportunities for the IU players and seeing where this name, image, and likeness stuff goes for IU because you got to believe it's a program with the Bloomington community and the alumni base and the fan base where NIL can really succeed and I think be one of the better NIL-connected programs in the country. A lot of people always talk about Duke 
and Kentucky, and there's no question that they can lead the way in NIL opportunities. Miami has been someone, because of the big city of Miami and some of the surroundings there, they've been able to be an NIL leader. But I really think as this thing shakes out, IU and the state of Indiana and businesses and alumni have a chance to make Indiana really special for players, and it's going to help recruiting. Even with new NCAA rules, even if they add more rules, it's going to definitely affect recruiting and help programs that are able to prove once the NIL becomes a few years old that they've been able to produce results for their players. So I love tracking NIL opportunities. I think if Trace Jackson Davis comes back, we're going to have a lot of NIL opportunities for him to talk about. But Race Thompson and others, they're getting some and will get some. And I saw Miller Kopp announced recently that he is going to take advantage of the NIL uh, ability and have a skills clinic in Bloomington a couple sessions over the summer. So whether it's an event, a camp, a skills clinic, whether it's advertising, social media, uh, whatever it may be, the stuff tied in with charities through NIL collectives, uh, it's it just interesting to see how all this shakes out and where these players are going to have the opportunity to make some money and, and put some money in their pocket as we get ready for college basketball next season. One other thing with basketball, the NBA finals are set, or the conference finals, I should say, are set. And so if you're a, a, a fair-weather NBA guy like me, I watch it early in the year before college and high school stuff gets underway when I've got maybe just a little bit more time. And I do make an effort to really try to pay attention to the playoffs. Uh, definitely watch the finals because it's the only basketball going on. And I guess right now, probably the conference finals is when I'll start to pay a little bit more attention and maybe try to catch more of the games. Uh, but interestingly enough, down to four teams in the NBA, and three of the four teams do have some sort of an IU connection. Uh, Boston and Miami will play in the Eastern uh, Conference Championships. Of course, Boston has Jawan Morgan, who was added to that roster fairly late in the season, and Victor Oladipo with Miami. He's been injured, but he came back before the playoffs. Uh, Jawan probably not going to see a lot of action, if any, in the Eastern Conference Finals or the rest of the way for the Celtics, who did win a thrilling series, a seven-gamer over the Bucks uh, a few days ago. But definitely Victor Oladipo should see time and should have an opportunity to, to be a key player for Miami in this series. For the Western Conference, no IU connection, obviously, with Golden State. You say, well, what's the connection with Dallas? Who's going to take on the Warriors? Mark Cuban is an NBA guy, and I so often forget that as we think about NBA basketball or the various headlines and businesses and all the things that he's involved in. But uh, pretty neat. Three of the four teams in the NBA Conference Finals do have some sort of uh, IU connection. And I want to mention IU baseball. I've got a couple people that text me and say, you need to talk more IU baseball. We like hearing about high school baseball, especially this time of year. We had conference tournaments, the Hoosier Hills on Friday, and then coming up sectionals here next week, which are going to be a lot of fun. But IU Baseball won its final home series against Minnesota over the weekend. That's actually the fourth consecutive series that the Hoosiers have won. It's been an up-and-down season for IU Baseball, and they uh, needed to win that series against Minnesota over the weekend because they are right there at the cutoff for the Big Ten tournament. Not everybody gets in the Big Ten tournament from a baseball side, so the Hoosiers need to continue to finish out strong to have a chance to get into the Big Ten Conference tournament and to see what happens from there. But that is one thing I enjoy. I don't get a chance to watch a lot of it in the summer. I'm so busy in the month of June. I know everybody's crazy in the summer with schedules, but I really do like the college baseball 
regionals and super regionals and World Series. Those are a lot of fun and exciting to watch. And speaking of college baseball, wanted to give a shout-out to Ben Real and IU Southeast Baseball. They won their conference tournament last week in Ohio. They were assigned to the Santa Barbara, California Regional in NAIA Baseball. You know, normally you think a regional is somewhere within driving distance, Tennessee, Georgia, five, six, seven hours maximum. Uh, the IUS team played their first regional game in Santa Barbara, California yesterday, and they won by a crazy score. They scored over 20 runs. They blew out the other team. Uh, so a big win. It's important to get that first win in those NAIA regionals, a lot like the college baseball regionals and World Series because it's double elimination. So you get that first win. It helps you as you move through the bracket uh, into the second and third round. So we'll see if IU Southeast, they did it a year ago. Can they get back to Idaho uh, for the uh, NAI World Series? But they got a big win yesterday. I wanted to mention both IU and IU Southeast baseball today. One other local note, a former area coach that's been out of the area now for a few years but is no stranger to Indiana high school basketball is going to take over a high school basketball program next season way up in northern Indiana. That person is Joe Luce, the former Jeffersonville coach last night. He was approved by the school board as the new coach at Tippecanoe Valley, uh, which is way up in northern Indiana. I don't even know how to say the name of the county they're in. It starts with a K. Uh, Same county as Warsaw, but it's a very rural area. Tippecanoe Valley is a 3A school. They love their sports up there. I do know that, and I know Coach Luce is excited. He had a good job as basically the leader, the principal, uh, the director, whatever the title was, of a tech school, something similar from what he tells me to maybe Prosser here in southern Indiana. And he enjoyed that job, and it was a brand-new program he was able to build up from the start. But obviously he missed the basketball component of it. So after a few years of being out of the game and having a good administrative-type job, I just don't think he could pass up the opportunity to get back involved. And Tippecanoe Valley was reasonably close and a program I think uh, he believes that he can build up and have some success at. So Joe Luce, who's, again, no stranger to high school basketball in our state, we knew him here at Jeffersonville, but he was at Richmond. He was at Marion before that. He's been at some of the real powerhouses in Indiana. Uh, he is headed back to the coaching ranks next season at Tippecanoe Valley. And he said to tell uh, people down here, he'll he'll play anybody. Coach Luce likes to get out and travel. So uh, he's glad to be back on the sidelines coaching high school basketball. And speaking of high school basketball, I get a lot of questions about the Jeffersonville and Floyd Central jobs I know New Washington has a guy that uh, is going to be official, I think, very soon. It looks like things at Jeffersonville are set. Uh, I'm not at least uh, able to say much about it yet, but uh, their new coach could be uh, approved. It looks like, possibly, I hate to uh, commit anything because you never know how this stuff can go later this month. And I hear a lot from Floyd Central as well that things are getting closer and closer there as they look to find a replacement for Todd Sturgeon. So I would say we'll hear something uh, in the next week or so on uh, maybe all three jobs, but definitely a couple of them, I, I would believe. So, uh, And that's important because June is a big month for high school basketball. You can work with your kids. You can have practices. You can play in summer league games. You can go to shootouts on college campuses and different places. And, of course, a couple for the programs locally that have some real college talent a couple opportunities later in the month of June to play in front of college coaches if you're going to certain events and you have those kind of players. So 
uh, some interesting weeks ahead getting back into basketball and some coaching spots that should be filled here soon coming up before the 1st of June. That's our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back to talk IU basketball and more with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike Pegram of Peaks.com still ahead as well. A lot of IU stuff the rest of the way. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Tuesday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. With me right now, Mike Schumann of The Daily Hoosier, who joins me Tuesdays on the program. You can read Mike's work at thedailyhoosier.com. You can follow him at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. He's a great follow for IU basketball, recruiting, and more. And, Mike, I tell you what, we are a week and a day away from hearing from Coach Woodson for one of the first times uh, since the offseason has arrived. And I can't think of a more opportune time for fans here in southern Indiana, a lot of listeners of this program, to get a chance to hear about IU basketball directly from the boss because when that event takes place on May 25th, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, we think, will be smack in the middle of his uh, decision-making pro- uh, process for uh, staying or going to the NBA or returning to IU for another season. So uh, Trace Jackson Davis and many other topics I'm sure will be discussed that night. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It is a real interesting time to, to catch Mike Woodson because I do agree. I mean, we could be on either side of that decision uh, by by next week, M- more likely than not, I would suspect we won't know, but there could be maybe some, you know, rumors out there, uh, you know, and it, cause I, I was thinking about this too, like, you know, you, they always have a press conference with the coaches before that event down there in, in your area. And I was thinking, you know, what, what are we going to ask coach Woodson, you know, may, maybe some Trace Jackson Davis questions, maybe we'll know a little bit more than, than what's out there publicly. So it's definitely going to be an interesting time to see how that aspect of it plays into it. And it really is the topic that is on the top of everybody's minds right now because it just seems like it's such a instrumental piece to next season. We've seen so much roster transition across the Big Ten, and it really feels like if Indiana can get Trace Jackson Davis back next year, then it's really going to go a long way towards a pretty promising season. And uh, I believe uh, 50 or I'm sure less now tickets remaining. That's what Les Wright uh, told us yesterday morning for the IU Varsity Club start on May 25th out at Huber's. I tell you, another interesting uh, topic that I'm sure will come up. I'm sure Coach Woodson will have things to say. And uh, you mentioned the press conference before. That's an opportunity for guys like you and I to ask things. I I think that uh, Jordan Geronimo will be – another big conversation piece that evening at out at Huber's. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I think he's a guy that really started to peak late in the season last year. 
uh, save for that little minor injury he had in, in the Big Ten tournament. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't have been interesting to, to see how he would have matched up against Keegan Murray against Iowa in that game that Murray absolutely went off in the Big Ten semis. But, um, yeah, you know, Geronimo's right in that kind of hybrid 3-4 spot right now, it feels like. I, I know there's a lot of talk that he wants to move to the 3. My my gut is that his natural, more natural position is, is as a stretch 4, and even though he's undersized at 6'6", six, six, he has a great wingspan that kind of – and vertical jump, which kind of offsets any uh, shortcomings, no pun intended, that he might have from a height perspective. So, you know, developmentally, he, he's the guy that you, you think about this summer as, you know, maybe having the most going for him, most potential, most uh, ability to, to really change the outlook for a season. Because I think, you know, either way, that, that those three and four spots for Indiana are really congested. I've been doing some some writing about, you know, summer development for players and, and thinking about who fits into those spots. And I was talking about Anthony Leo yesterday and I feel like, you know, I was thinking about, you know, who he's competing with for playing time. And there's so much overlap in those three and four spots. I don't think Leo's a four, but I think you think about guys like, you know, Geronimo and, and uh, Miller cop that are kind of in that hybrid role that kind of leaked down in, into the three spot. And there, there's just so many players that could fill fill those spots, and I think it's Geronimo can have some positional flexibility to play both the three and the four next year. That's probably the best chance for him to maximize playing time. Do you think that that also is probably his best path forward? I mean, I think we all think Geronimo's best days are ahead of him, and there's some that believe he's an NBA prospect uh, with the talent and some of the natural athleticism he has. Is that his best plan of attack maybe for the future if there's a beyond IU opportunity for him? Yeah, it, it does seem like it. Um, you know, I don't want to put the OG Ananobi, uh, you know, the weight of that comparison on him because that, that's unfair. OG's, you know, pushing towards, you know, NBA all-star type uh, conversations if he keeps on his current career track. But but when OG was at IU early in his career, he, he was a clear four who we always thought, you know, he, he's probably going to need to move out to the wing, um, you know, develop more ball handling, develop more more from a skill perspective, and, and he's done that. And, and Jordan just seems like that very much a similar type of player, that if he can develop his ball handling, his vision, you know, he, I noticed a lot of times last year he, he would make mistakes, you know, you know, when he got sped up, he would, he would make poor passes and things like that. Things that you just see from guys that haven't been playing the game uh, very long, which is the case with Jordan, at least from a, you know, focused all in on basketball type perspective. So, um, yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, I think he, you know, his, his three point shot is good. He certainly has never shot at a high volume. So we don't know what that looks like if he's taken for a game, but from a, mechanics standpoint he has a really nice high release to go with his you know his length and and his vertical so it's a very tough shot to contest and he he seems to just have that knack to to make plays at at critical times he doesn't ever seem faced by the moment so I I think he's got a lot going for him and and yeah I just would not be surprised at all you know don't forget he's got three years of college left if he wants it or needs it but I would not be surprised at all to just keep seeing him incrementally growing in, a, in a two years, three years, whatever the case may be. He's a guy that we're talking about as a real 
next level prospect out out at the three spot. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest texter, writes in on the Thornton's text line, wouldn't Troy Williams be a better comparison than OG? Uh, I can see that. I can see some Troy and uh, and Jordan uh, there where you'd get that from. Yeah, I, I just felt always felt like I, I like that comparison too. I just always felt like Troy moved, you know, like a natural perimeter player from the day he stepped on on campus at IU. You know, Troy Troy had an amazing ability to to run the floor, to score in transition, to score off the bounce, which was probably his greatest strength as a player. You know, Troy Williams uh, attacking the rim off the bounce was unstoppable when he was you know, on top of his game at the college level. So that that's, that's a key difference for me, and that's where Jordan has to get to is, you know, really focusing in on being able to attack people off the bounce because that was a, a pretty significant shortcoming in his game the, the first two years. All right, before we get too far away from Trace and the NBA Combine, which – is underway. I've seen conflicting reports. Some say the combine started yesterday. I've seen some say it's more of a, a paperwork uh, setting and getting measurements and all that uh, here early, but the play starts later in the week. So, and then someone said that it was the really the G League combine that started today, which we do know that Trace is not participating in. But nonetheless, a Big Ten big decision yesterday, and that's that Max Christie announced uh, even before the combine that he is going to remain. In the NBA draft, he will forego his eligibility at Michigan State next year. So uh, that's a Big Ten note, and that's very noteworthy. Yeah, it is, and and I I think your latter point was correct. I think what's going on now is the G League stuff. There's an actual G League camp and combine, and then some of those guys, you know, based on their performance, will get invited to the NBA combine, which I think starts in, in a couple of days. Um, so yeah, I mean the the another thing in addition to trace from an IU perspective that that everybody's keeping their eyes on is you know what does all this movement mean from a Big Ten perspective uh, and how does that impact Indiana as as one of the contenders next year? Max Christie was definitely you know somebody that everybody looked at as as a big piece for Michigan State next year, a guy with a ton of potential that was probably going to take a major step at the college level. You know they, they've lost now a lot of their their pieces from last year, and it it, it kind of feels like Michigan State's a team that's you know more middle of the pack at best. You know without Christie coming back, uh, you look at you know the losses that Illinois had with Kofi Coburn and, and Trent Frazier. You look at you know Ohio State likely losing EJ Liddell and Branham. I mean there there's a clear opportunity with, with all the the turnover going on. Uh, for for Indiana to get into that that top four spot, and, and I guess you know going back to talking to Coach Woodson next week, I, I guess if if it were the case that Jackson Davis didn't come back, you know it would be interesting to ask Coach Woodson, okay, you you've you know not only during your year at IU but during the last three years, Trace Jackson Davis has been the entire centerpiece of, of what. IU basketball has been trying to do, at least from an offensive standpoint, you know, it would be interesting to know like how they would plan to transition as a program uh, from an offensive mentality. Cause I think what they want to do big picture is to get away from that, you know, beating the post every time playing inside out, which they have seemingly been doing for a long time now. Um, you know, so if, if it were to end up and I'm not suggesting, you know, any inside information on this, but if it were to end up, 
that, that Indiana was without him next year, it'd be interesting to get Woodson's perspective on, on how that would go from an offensive standpoint. Absolutely. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike, another topic I wanted to broach with you today is uh, the catchings player. I believe it's Cannon Catchings from Brownsburg High School in near Indianapolis. He has a great bloodline. You wrote about uh, his game, and he's someone I look forward to getting a chance to see at some point during all the recruiting activities in the month of June and July. Long, wiry, uh, best years ahead of him. A great bloodline, as I mentioned, as far as his family and their previous and past basketball successes. So he's a guy in state in the 2024 class that I've really highlighted to pay much closer attention to, and you wrote about him recently. Yeah, he's a guy, you know, I'm fortunate with him. He's kind of next town over for me. He lives in Brownsburg. Um, so I've seen him play a few times during the high school season. And I, I've noticed, uh, I, I'm not going to say a major jump, but I've noticed strides even in the in the last few months. And, and it's saying something because he's playing against a lot better competition now than he was at the high school level. You know, you know, even a few months ago, he was a guy that, you know, if if he got the ball, you know, he might make a play, but but you might not see him or notice him for for five minutes either. Um, you know, he he's starting to to be a little bit more aggressive out on the court against you know, like I said, better competition, and I think he's going to end up being a guy that over this next year really explodes as a prospect if if he keeps playing with more of an aggressive mindset it's not so much motor with him it's you know he's got to start to realize that that he's one of the the most skilled players out on the court he's long he's athletic he's a great shooter um so i think it's just maybe getting stronger maybe you know just getting more aggressive and and trying to take over at times will be the key with him that you know the bloodlines with him are just undeniable and just part of the story that makes you think that that breakout has to happen if people don't know he's the the nephew of Tamika Catchings the WNBA star and also the son of a of a uh, woman that played for the University of Illinois and a grandfather Harvey Catchings that played in the NBA so there, there's a lot there that, that suggests that this young man is just a matter of time before he, he kind of has that breakout you know month or two in the spring or summer yeah gonna be a fun one to watch uh, in June and July this year. Talking with Mike Schumann, a lot of IU basketball stuff today. Mike, we'll keep it with basketball. And I want to bring up Kenya Hunter. I think you and I had this conversation not long ago, but I mentioned earlier in our show today he was recognized by Silver Waves Media, a group that really kind of focuses on the business side, I think, of college sports, athletic directors, assistant coaches, head coaches, influential people uh, in the uh, periphery of college sports and college basketball as well. No surprise to see Kenya Hunter, and really no surprise to see a lot of Big Ten assistant coaches and associate-type head coaches on this list. Kenya does big things with recruiting. That's what I said earlier. We know much more about what Coach Hunter does from a recruiting standpoint because his name is mentioned or prospects will talk about him. What we don't know as much about Coach Hunter is what he does in practices or during games to help this IU team. But he definitely, there's no question about it, uh, is recognized by Coach Woodson and the IU administration and I think even fans as a very, very valuable part of what's going on right now in Bloomington. Yeah, there, there's absolutely no, no doubt about that. I think you and I talked before about, you know, just his 
major role in Indiana developing inroads with Montbird Academy, which I think is just absolutely key from a, a recruiting standpoint to, to be able to to get into those national prep programs that really produce the the who's who of, of each class each year. So, uh, you know, Malik Renault, Jalen Hood, Shafino, uh, just being the two most prominent examples, but Kenya Hunters, you know, had a role in a, a lot of uh, major recruitments here in the last couple of years just just the fact that you know Mike Woodson uh, retained him from Archie Miller's staff that that's that was notable in and of itself um, you know I think he came to, to IU with a little bit of a reputation as more of a big man coach even though he was a guard in college I think he played a role in developing some big men at Georgetown and elsewhere but you know I, I think you know he he's a guy that's you know, looked at as a head coaching candidate, it's just a matter of time, you know, Indiana, you know, will have to just enjoy having him around as long as they can hold on to him. I'm sure he's already had opportunities and is probably just waiting for the right one at this point, because I think at this point in his career with his ability to recruit, he's really well liked by, by players and staff. And uh, he, he's regarded as a, as a good basketball mind as well. So I, I think Indiana's just going to have to enjoy having Kenya Hunter around as long as they can keep him. Yeah, I, I've got to believe it. I think some of this could depend on the success of the IU program. If they get red hot and make some sort of run with Trace back next year in the tournament, that could propel him you know, even higher, even quicker. But I've got to believe a year or two he's going to start really getting – uh, some potential D1 offers, or at least put his name out there. So uh, you never know exactly how much longer he's going to be around. But that's a good thing. You want guys to move on uh, and Coach Woodson to begin to form a college basketball coaching tree. I know he's been part of some of that stuff at the NBA level, but I do fully expect uh, Kenya Hunter to be a name we're talking about getting his own program a season, two seasons, three down the line. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just kind of the, the natural progression of, developing a program we saw it on the the IU football side and it you know some of those changes didn't go as well you know losing Caleb DeBoer, Kane Womack um, you know you know I think those were key aspects of Indiana taking a ultimately taking a, a step back and so that's you know when, when, when and if it comes to that back on the basketball side I think you know it's going to be paramount that that Mike Woodson you know identifies the right people he's he's obviously done that to some extent by retaining Hunter, uh, by finding Yassir Rosamond, who really nobody knew who he was, but has obviously been another key aspect of the program. And look, when he when he felt like he made a mistake with, with Dane Five, he, he moved on from that one right away. So um, I think, you know, that if that day comes, it's a good problem to have, as you suggest. Absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with me. Uh, Mike, uh, NBA Combine stuff, I know you track everything very closely. Are games on TV? Is some of that going to be on TV again this year once they get into those uh, up-and-down actual five-on-five games part of the Combine? I saw something streaming on Twitter yesterday from the G League stuff, so I I suspect that it is, and I'm glad you raised that. I'll have to look it up and I'll put something out on Twitter when and if I, I figure that out. But my recollection from prior years is, is yes, there, there will be the opportunity to watch some of the skirmish stuff that, that goes on at the Combine and, and therefore a chance to, to watch Trace in action. All right. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, he's with us uh, on the program each Tuesday to talk IU basketball. And more Mike, as always, I appreciate the conversation. Look forward to it every week. All right, Matt.
Thank you. All right. Uh, we will head to a break here in just a moment. Uh, just an early thought. Uh, it works out next week where, of course, all this is weather pending. Wednesday night, the 25th, the same night that Coach Woodson and Coach Allen will be uh, in southern Indiana out at Huber's. Uh, we will start our coverage of the 4A baseball sectional at Jennings County High School on that opening night of play. We'll have a couple big games, including New Albany, Floyd Central, a rematch from just a few weeks ago when New Albany narrowly beat the Highlanders 3-2 in the opening round of the Hoosier Hills Conference Tournament. So two first-round games beginning on uh, that Wednesday evening next week. And then on Saturday, we'll have at least one semifinal game because it very likely could be the winner of New Albany Floyd Central against Jeff if they win their opening round game. And then we'll be back on Memorial Day for some, oh, what a fun day, weather pending for high school baseball uh, on that day. And uh, we hope to have a, a local team in the championship game uh, at that 4A sectional. So uh, it just works out with the bats schedule that we're able to keep them on the big X and not move them to another station. So that is good news. And uh, we'll keep you posted and remind you about our baseball coverage coming up from the 4A sectional up in Jennings County uh, that begins next Wednesday night, one week from tomorrow. It'll be postseason uh, baseball across the Hoosier State. We'll head to a break. We're back with Mike Pegram of Peaks.com. More IU basketball. We're going to talk about what would success next year mean for the IU program. If Mike Woodson can continue the path he's on, what's the next level? And I know so much of that has to do with Trace Jackson Davis and if he returns or not. But just thinking ahead, if he's back, what does success look like in year two for Mike Woodson? What are the expectations of fans and others? We'll discuss that and more next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back with you here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Mike Pegram of Pegs.com is my guest. We talk uh, IU basketball and football in this segment. And, Mike, I, I teased this a little bit in the last segment, so I'm curious uh, your thoughts. I'm curious really what listeners, what fans think. But uh, what – and let's pretend here for a moment that Trace Jackson Davis is coming back next season. Let's pretend that he – is locked in to return to Bloomington and does not uh, go the NBA route after the combine. What would success look like in year two for Mike Woodson? How would you summarize what that next step is for this IU basketball program if the forward momentum is to continue this next campaign? You know, I haven't thought about it too much, but uh, I would say at least 25 wins and at least a top three finish in the Big Ten. Um, I don't know that they will be the favorite, but they probably would be maybe right behind Michigan and the projections. Um, so top two or three and uh, 25 wins. And I would think nobody would be happy with less than a sweet 16 um, um, finish in the, in the tournament. And, and, and I don't even know if that would 
be enough for, for Hoosier fans uh, <laughs> after a tasting a little success during the season. But I would think those would be the, that would be the, the bars uh, for for our fan base. Absolutely, uh, Mike. Also, I want to ask you. Uh, I I agree. I think the Big Ten uh, success is probably outside of the NCAA tournament as important to, as anything to IU fans. Without Trace Jackson Davis, where do you think this Indiana team could be in the hierarchy of the Big Ten next year if he does not come back? Well, I would think it would be a team that would have to find itself a little bit early in terms of who was the go-to uh, score. It may take a couple more losses, but I still think it would be, in the end, a better team than this past year. So maybe we're talking 22-23 wins, top five finish, and uh, at least a, a win or two in the, in, in the round of 64 forward. I don't know if I can, you can really count that first four win last year, so that would be an improvement. Mike, as we watch Trace Jackson Davis work through the combine this week, again, a lot of fans are going to want to know everything going on, every make, every miss, how he's performing, uh, to try to get some gauge on if he comes back or not for next season. But other things to pay attention to with Big Ten conference connections, I know Max Christie has already announced that he is going to forgo his eligibility. He's going to hire an agent. He's going to stay in the draft. That obviously is a big miss for Michigan State next year. But other guys that could with a good week uh, leave or maybe return if they don't play up to their potential uh, that would affect the, the Big Ten standings a little bit next year. Uh, you know that's a that's a good question. I I think that um, Michigan State already has been influenced, but uh, Michigan is a team that um, could have some guys that um, you know are you know influenced by. By this, I think it's Musa Diabate um, is, is a guy that has a lot of potential, um, and uh, it's a four spot for them, and he, he is uh, uh, an important part of their future if he does come back. So if he if he does go, you know, the, the Big Ten is a little bit more wide open. Talking with Mike Pegram of Pigs.com. Mike, I've uh, promoted a few times this week the IU uh, coaches tour stop at Huber's. Les Wright told us yesterday less than 50 tickets remain. So if you want to get one of those tickets, uh, you better get a hold of Mr. Wright uh, soon and get locked in for next Wednesday, May 25th. But you've attended uh, a lot of these events over the years. And I know this year I was talking in the last segment with our guest about Trace Jackson Davis and Jordan Geronimo and how those clearly are going to be two of the more fan-interesting topics of the night when Coach Woodson is speaking. But what what do you expect that night? We get to hear from the coaches before, the media does, so that's always interesting and a chance to learn what's going on this offseason so far and what's ahead this summer. And then obviously there's some remarks and maybe some questions from the fans that allow them to get more insight on the season. But uh, this is going to be maybe one of our only opportunities to kind of to pin Coach Woodson down and to learn a little bit about what's going to go on this summer and what things could look like next season. I would want to know uh, what are the missing pieces, you know, moving forward. Is it, And, you know, the obvious answer might be shooting, but it would be good to hear him say that for a lot of the fans that probably feel strongly in that, in that aspect of the game. I think that uh, offensively the team wasn't really that good last year. Um, didn't stand out very well statistically in some categories. They did, they did well defensively, 
But how could that change this coming year? Why would that change? Those are a couple of things that come to mind, Matt. Interesting stuff. Mike, somebody just texted me and said, uh, see if Peegs knows when Jordan Halls is set to join the program. The last I saw, his team, at least last weekend, still had some games over in Germany, I believe. Uh, is his team still alive, and do we know maybe when he'll join the cool. staff? <clears throat> You know, uh, we were trying to get him for a golf outing on Friday. I don't think he was going to be back in time because it's not easy to move from Europe to the United States. Um, so uh, I would say he's probably maybe a week away from coming back I, I, or fully engaged, you know, so he can really get into the, the new job. But he's close. So, But honestly, I don't know what happened with his uh his his team playoff situation. It's not like I can find it in the notes. <laughs> find it easily. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of fans excited <laughs> that he he's going to be on staff in in some form or fashion in Bloomington and a good connection to uh, uh, as a former IU player. There's there's no question about that. Mike Pegram of Peaks dot com is my guest. Mike, uh, I, I want to talk just a bit about NIL for a moment, and if we have time, get into recruiting for a second. You know, there's so much up in the air right now with name, image, and likeness. And the NCAA just recently uh, approved, or as we think, approving some new rules. And there have been some shady deals uh, at certain schools, certain places, to say the least. But one of the NIL opportunities that I love personally is to see what Miller Cop's doing. He's going to have some showcase or some skill clinics this summer where he's going to put in work with youth players in Indiana from Bloomington. And so there's something where he's putting out some real effort. He's going to make some money off of his time as well. But to me, that's an example of where NIL really works. A player getting to work with fans and young players and encourage them while also making some money that otherwise they wouldn't have been able to pocket in the past. Yeah, NIL was designed for for those kind of situations or for, for working with a business to help them uh, gain business you know th- those are the two avenues to, to give fans what they want and take advantage of that notoriety um, in an innocent way and also just to do marketing and promotional work to bring attraction uh, you know bring visibility to to your business partners um, it's not designed to um, you know push people to, to push recruits to a certain school Absolutely. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. Mike, a real quick recruiting note. Uh, next week, the EYBL comes to Louisville. You've helped us understand uh, some of the teams to pay attention to when that happens for local fans that are going to get over. But I see that there's a chance, and I mentioned this yesterday, Gabe Cups and his Midwest basketball team could play the EYBL team that has uh, the Scholars from New Jersey, which features Wagner and some other really good players. Did you see there's a possibility for a Friday night game there? Uh, I know there'll be a lot of U of L UK flavor, but I think Cups will bring in some IU fans also. Yeah, that's a very good team uh, with Shepard and some of the other guys that they have on that that team, and that would be great if they can figure out you know a way to get that done. and And it sounds like they're they're working to to do that. And um, yeah, great chance for Gabe to be seen and and down there because I don't think his team has the same kind of shoe circuit event this weekend. Absolutely. All right, Mike Pegram. That weekend. Mike Pegram with us on Tuesdays. Mike, thank you. We'll uh, we'll catch up again next week. Talk to you then. Take care. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday program. Thank you so much for being with us. Reminder that 
We're here Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week as well at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. If you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. Our show is uploaded each afternoon. You can find us in Apple Podcast and wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report. You'll find us there. You can uh, listen on demand. And again, don't forget Thornton's text line always open for you. Questions, comments, 502-414-1450. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.